Welcome to the Conscious Lifestyle Living Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Amanda. And this is the place where we explore the endless possibilities of our divinity through the experience of our humanity. Join us as we laugh, cry, and show our human side while we practice the embodiment of our divine potential. All right, here we we're, are. We're back. Back with another episode um, around faith transition, faith yeah. um, expansion. Right? I love mm-hmm. our, our friend Megan Burnside. She calls it a faith expansion. Which is so good because mine totally felt like a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there's also, you know, the, the label of crisis because, man, it sure felt like a crisis. But at the end of last episode, we talked about how we were going to be going into next that um, – some, some actionable steps around how it was that we started to connect to God, mm-hmm. to source, to, yep. right? Like, and Michelle and I, like, we relate to it as God. I love God. So much. And so all, much. And <laughs> also, just as a disclaimer, however it is that you relate, um, just insert that descriptive word anytime we say God insert you know whether that's universe or source or spirit or nature or whatever it is okay yeah. it's all to us there it, is not it's not like hey if you it's listen all of to it. it yeah or listen to us it has to be God because we are like gonna put our stake down on that like no it gets to be whatever it is for you but, but here's the deal like the, part of the reason why I say that is because when I was in the midst of the crisis part Anytime that what someone would say, oh my gosh, I love God. <laughs> oh my gosh, the angst that it would... Raise my hand over here. I was that person. The, the angst that would like come up in me like, God's... An, uh, let me filter my words. God's a jerk, right? Like I... That's not the word she wanted to that say. That is not... I caught myself though because children might be in the car with you as you're listening to this. So... Um, but part of it was like, I was really angry. Mm-hmm. I was really hurt by this idea of who I had made God out to be. Um, Jesus too. Didn't like Jesus either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Anything masculine, any type of deity or um, relation to mm-hmm. um, anything re- spiritual... Uh, if it had a masculine flavor to it, I was like instantly not interested. Which I love that you're able to make that distinction because the way that your religion and was my religion too was presented was in a very masculine form. And so it's very mm-hmm. easy to say like, oh, this caused me pain. It's because of the masculine. The man did it to me. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to throw that blame onto it and look and to be relating it to that way. So I love that you were able right. to point that out and, and to be aware of it. Yeah. All I did was basically project all of my wounds onto God, onto Jesus. On- Which let's say, you guys, that is a very common thing Super that common. happens just in psychology. It's called projection. It's like, okay, I'm feeling this. I don't know how to deal with it. So we're going to say that it's this person's causing it and this is what it is. And it's really easy to get into that victim role. Yeah. So... Um, anyhow, so that is part of the reason why I say right up front is if God is a trigger word for you, dang it, I get you. Yeah. I get you. And so, um, you know, last, last episode we talked about how sometimes it comes full circle. You guys, it's come full circle for me. Um, and so I, like, I love God. I love God. (laughs) I love Jesus. Jesus is my homeboy. Um, and that also didn't used to be the case. So as you hear us, you know, say, you know, relate in this way or use this type of verbiage, 
just totally feel free to insert your own verbiage that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, that might help the, the because I, I can remember when I was in the thick of it, there was a lot of um, people that I was connected to that really were, in some regards, dropping wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And really trying to help me along on my journey. But because they would use the wrong word, you couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. Yeah. And so one, I'm just acknowledging that I get you if that's where you're at. And yeah. like from the very depth of like my soul and my heart, like I love, I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I know that spot. Whoa, this is like bringing up some emotion. For I know. I told you like last, um, like, this was like, you guys like in between, because we, when we recorded the last podcast, I was like, Amanda, this is like bringing up some emotion yeah. because it's like, you guys, faith transition was literally the biggest, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get like kind of like emotional. It was the biggest gift I could have ever gotten. Like yeah. the biggest gift. And it was massively, ma- it was the biggest gift and the most painful thing that I ever went through. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in that spot where it is like, it is gut-wrenching, yeah. you feel like it's pulling your whole world apart and you don't know which way is up and which way is down. Because there's light at the end of the tunnel. If you're willing you're to right go on track. Through, you're right on you're, track. You are right on time with that. And if you if you're be willing like to go through the darkness, like go through and know that mm-hmm. there's light at the end of the tunnel and keep pushing because it I, it is more beautiful than you could possibly imagine. It is more amazing. Your family can come together. Everything that might be pulling apart and breaking away that you're thinking you're never going to get back, there is a possibility for it all to come back better and greater than it ever has before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that darkness, right? Because that's part of, it's through the darkness that I got to actually connect. And when I say connect, there's two very specific things that I got to connect to. Mm -hmm. Um, One was myself. Yep. Okay. And then the other one was like this deity that I call God. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, in my journey, it was, I got to connect to me first before I could then connect to something outside of me, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, this this father-like figure, this mother-like figure, this brother-like figure, okay? Yep. Because, for you know, for me, where I'm at, it's all of it, right? Yep. All, all, all those peeps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so some of it is, I had never, I had mentioned before, I didn't know, what, like when I left religion, I didn't know how to make a decision. Okay, you guys, I did, because we were in our 30s. We're literally, I was 30, you were like 32, 33. Yeah. You yeah. guys, and we're like, I literally, I, what do we do? Yeah. Like there'd be decisions that normal, in my mind, I'm like, normal people should know how to make this. And I'm like, I have no clue to, what to do. To, I don't have a checklist. What am I supposed to do? Is God mm-hmm. going to be mad at me? Am I, am I going to hell? Is there a hell? You like, guys, to, all to the emphasize this just a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it as quick as possible. Personal story. Um, when my first marriage was coming to an end, it was like really bad. And I oh, knew that it was really bad. bad. It was it was bad for both he and I. And, um, you know, everybody on the outside looking in could be like, Amanda, when, like, how, why are you still, why doing, are you still doing this, right? And, and I could even ask myself, why am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. And then I had this feeling like it's time to be done. And you guys, even then I couldn't even, I couldn't even be done. I actually called up a friend one morning um, and I asked her, I said, hey, like, is your husband home and could he give me a blessing? So a blessing is like a priesthood blessing. That's something that's in like, like the Mormon prayer. It's like a prayer, right? Where it's like this prayer. this person like prays, basically prays over you and can kind of be a mouthpiece for God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's what I knew to do. Yeah. And I, and I went over there and, um, you know, went over to Christy and Ben's. 
And Ben is just this super great guy. And you guys, I hadn't told anybody the actual details, especially in my neighborhood, of what had been going on within my relationship. And, you know, Ben is standing over there basically praying over me. And it, he just said, you know, Amanda, continue to be the woman that you that you are being. Continue to be the mother that you are being. And know that it's okay and enough is enough. It wasn't until then when I felt like at the time God was telling me it was okay that I could actually make the decision. I couldn't make the decision just for me because I felt it. I needed to have God confirm, yes, it's okay to be done. Mm -hmm. And so I really didn't know because at the time, even for a couple of years after that, I was still very much immersed in the religion that I grew up in. That was Mm -hmm. like a stronghold um, a security thing for me as well. I got supported a lot through um, the members of my congregation and things like that. As as there are some amazing things that yeah, church bring. Man, community. Who oh, they got community down. Yes, um, absolutely. And so there. So anyhow, I didn't even know how to make a decision, and I couldn't even. I I, I couldn't. I, I didn't know how to how to make a choice because I was so completely disconnected from me that I needed somebody outside of me to tell me that it was okay. So, and I also think to just to bring up a point, like, because sometimes when I would talk to people and sometimes people's different, varying different degrees of how religious they are, but in the Mormon faith, and I think there's other faiths that are like this, you guys, it is, it is not just you go to church on Sunday. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. And totally. it is not just dictating and what's happening. And it's a culture. Yeah, and yeah. it's not just dictating what happens here on this life. This is what happens after this life. For the like, rest of forever. For the rest of forever. So like when it's, when you think about it, a lot of times when people are having this faith transition, they're like, why is it this hard? You guys, because there is that belief and that way that you've been taught for so long that it's not just what happens here. This is going to affect everything from here on out for forever. If you go to heaven, if you go to hell, in our religion, if you're with your family and if you're not. So when you're trying to make decisions, it's not just, oh, what's the consequence I'm going to have right now and in this moment? This is like, what is going to happen to the state of my soul for here and for forever? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. And so it's a bigger thing. You choked on that one, didn't you, Michelle? Oh, man, because that was a hard one. That was a really, really hard one for me because I struggled learning how to be able to know how to make life decisions mm-hmm. because it was like this wasn't just going to affect me right here right now because you guys those kind of decisions I could make like if it was like oh am I going to eat this chocolate or not because I'm going to like be fat or whatever I used to think like those are little things I can like those decisions I could make but it would be bigger ones yeah the bigger ones where where it was like what do I do here you guys um, even to the point like if I was going to drink coffee or not I know that sounds really maybe funny to some of you out there but in our the Mormon religion coffee was a very big no-no and I remember thinking that if I drink, drink coffee, I might be going to hell. That was just my interpretation. I don't want to like claim that the religion made me feel that way. But it was like something little like that. It was like, well, do I? Do I not? Is God going to be really mad at me if I do this? And it took me a long time to be able to understand mm-hmm. if this was going to be okay or not. Right. And I think part of that, so you speak to a point of when, when I started to make decisions, I recognized that every decision that I had ever made prior to that was from a fear-based place. Yep. And we know now that anytime you are basing a choice out of fear, chances are you are playing out of your, you're in a victim state Yep. and you're playing out a drama dynamic. So you can look up Richard uh, Cartman's work of the drama triangle, drama dynamics, victim, mm-hmm. villain, hero stuff. Anytime you make a decision from that a drama position, mm-hmm. all you're setting in motion is more drama. Yep. Right. So most of my decisions 
had been made from a fear-based place, no wonder my life was like a big drama blow-up. Well, because that's literally... Because like that's when all you, I knew. It's all like, I knew. Like, I can't be mad yeah. at me. That's all I knew. Yeah. And, and, and when you've been taught in that way and that's the way that you interpreted mm-hmm. it it's like like you said you don't you don't know any better right. so I would say if you're finding yourself that you're in a place where you're like okay I'm transitioning out and maybe you don't feel like you know exactly how to make decisions yeah. and you might be like well do I do this do I not first off be gentle with yourself like let's just like mm-hmm. ride out the gate that is very common Th- that is the- not weird yeah <laughs> that is the very first step I think of starting to um, establish new connection mm-hmm. is being really gentle with yourself or giving yourself a lot of grace yeah because you have to say it's like if you're stepping out you're like man I just feel like I was very shamed or I felt judged or I felt guilty well when you're wanting to step out of that Always go in and say, how am I doing this to myself? Mm-hmm. How am I judging myself? Am I holding myself to a super high standard? Because if you're being angry at a religious organization or a person or whatever it is, and you're saying, they did this and I felt shamed and I felt guilt and I felt fear. Most often, if you come back and ask yourself, am I doing that to myself? Most often, the answer is yes. And you probably are doing it like, worse yeah sometimes 10 times worse yeah. you guys I used to say the most horrible vile awful things to myself that I would never even say to my worst enemy yeah. but here I am being angry that there's this religion that's telling me you're hor- like you have to do this and God you know my interpretation that here's a standard and if you don't hold the commandments God's not going to love you when I personally well Michelle if you don't show up and do this you're not going to be good enough yeah. I was doing the exact same thing that I was projecting on the outside was going right on in the inside. So, so I love that you bring that because that is like the next part about connection, at least in my journey, was that I started to get, I needed to get connected to myself first and yep. foremost. And part of that was coming to clean out everything that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Meaning all of those things that I was projecting onto a religion, that I was projecting onto God, that I was projecting onto Jesus, that I was projecting onto any white priesthood holder. <laughs> <laughs> white priesthood holders out there oh, so I'm so sorry uh, she's, <laughs> married, pro- to she's married to one so I'm, you know right <laughs> she right. still loves them <laughs> I do um and I was projecting it out and part of the healing came when I started taking a look at like holy smokes I have been doing this to me Mm-hmm. And and that started to help me clean out and clear out the things that I had been carrying subconsciously, that I'd been carrying emotionally, that I'd been carrying within me energetically. Guys, the reason I was so unhappy and I felt so heavy is because of all of those judgments that were just me judging me. Exactly, because most of the time, you guys, a lot of times when this is like that scary point and the transition is so hard, it's because you've gone to the beginning of the point where you were kind of letting different standards either control you or to decide what to think or how to be and now you're starting to take that yourself mm-hmm. and a lot of times in the cycles like at first it comes out and you're becoming aware of it you're like I don't like this and then it's like well it's their fault they yeah. did this to me because if it's always someone else's fault I will say that's a very scary hard life to live mm-hmm. because you never know when the next thing's gonna happen yep. and you will always be a victim to it and when you get into how things work it's like the way that your mind works, the way your emotion works, the way the energy works, you will literally go and find situations to validate that you were a victim. Yep. So you literally are telling your brain and you're telling energy to say, hey, go find me something that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's, it, sometimes it's hard because it's like, but they did do things wrong. We are not saying that 
when something hard happens to you and you're realizing that this wasn't okay, that it made it's okay that that person like either abused you or said something. We are not saying that the actions are okay, but it's also like in which way did you allow it to happen? And again, there are situations I'm not saying like if there was like massive abuse or whatever that you created it and it's your fault in any way. But if you can take a step, it's like, what could I do next time to maybe avoid this or to not create it again? That's going to give you a step up in being able to create a different reality. Yeah. Because at the same time that that reality that you were experiencing was happened, you guys, there are literally billions and trillions other realities that could have happened at the same time too. Mm-hmm. And it's what, in what trajectory are you moving down to have that experience? And it's just asking. Again, not saying that when bad things happen, it's okay that the other person did it. But what are the things that you can take from it to create a different experience? So you don't find yourself in another organization doing the same thing. Because that's (laughs) going to be our next podcast, guys. We're going to talk about when you were wired one way, you can create it in different experiences. Different experiences for sure. Okay, but this, it does come back to the point of some of the first steps of connection is actually cleaning yourself out. Yep. Okay, that's projection work, right? Mm -hmm. That's offering yourself a lot of grace, um, a lot of gentleness. And, and you get to do to yourself mm-hmm. first what you're wanting other people to do yep. to you. If you want people to be kind to you, you get to start being kind to yourself. Yep. If you want like, hey, I wish people didn't hold me to such high standards. Cool, guess what? You get to start doing that to yourself too. And you also get to stop holding other people to high standards. You get to look at all of the ways that you're doing the very thing that you perceive to be happening to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so that's like a big, so projection work, that was huge for me. And as I started to clean myself out... Um, so like I said, I was super angry and there was about a year and a half period of time where I was like, I I actually had a conversation and I, I used every swear word that you could think of every derogatory (laughs) phrase you could think of. And I directed it right at God and I directed it right at Jesus. You guys, I was angry and -hmm. underneath the anger was just a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Right. And I just, I let them know you are not welcome in my space. Mm -hmm. You are not welcome here. I don't want you to have anything to do with me and and I'm I'm out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And and I did. I left guns ablazing. And, and I, I started cleaning and then I started cleaning myself out. Mm-hmm. And as I started cleaning out everything that I wasn't, mm-hmm. I started to get connected to everything that I was. And that part of me never actually left. That part of me, yeah, okay, go. go. Was, real quick before you go on because like this next part is really good. To point out though what Amanda did, you guys, if you are feeling that angry and if you are feeling that, like that much energy coming through, you guys, find a safe way to be able to release it. Because Amanda, let me ask you, now that you have this relationship with God and Jesus that you love now, do you feel like they were angry at you that you said the most vile things ever? Do you want to know what's so amazing? They can handle it. Yeah. And and you want to know what? As I came, whoo, here we go again. Man, there's still, like, there's, like, a lot of gratitude and, like, uh-huh. a lot of, like, tenderness with this. Um, looking back, I can see how both God and Jesus were holding a space for me. And, like, as I was saying the most, what could be, you know, deemed the most vile things ever. Like, how dare you, like, say such mm-hmm. awful things. In those moments, when I look look back, God was going, come on, what else? And mm-hmm. Jesus was going, go, girl, go, girl. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, not, like, they weren't offended and they weren't judging and they weren't shaming and they there was none of that. It was more a celebration of like, yes, 
let that go. Mm-hmm. When when scripture talks about lay it at Jesus's feet, mm-hmm. freaking A, I went out to a field and I laid it at Jesus's feet and it looked like a lot of projection. And do you want to know what? Totally fine. It's like totally first, fine. It's the first step. Because yeah. when we're saying don't project, it's like, yes, there is an aspect where sometimes it just gets to get out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're trying to just do this perfectly, oh, well, I can't talk to God like that. That's going to offend him. Or I can't, you know, well, no, I just really, I, I have too much me. respect for God. No, you guys, nope. no, you're literally taking something that wants to be expressed and you're holding it inside that it can't move. And so it's just creating disease and stagnant like stagnation inside your soul, which if you look at a pond that doesn't have fresh moving water, it's gross. It's mossy. You don't want to get in it. It's like, let it go. Yeah. And we will also say when you were in this state, don't do it at a person. I mean, God, like God and Jesus can handle it, like absolutely. But that usually isn't the time to go do it towards your spouse, towards a family member, or towards yeah. a friend. When that emotion's moving so big, absolutely find a way to express it, mm-hmm. but also find a way to express it that it's not going to damage somebody else. Yep. Yeah. Because in that moment, you are just so hurt. You don't want to go put that on someone else. You guys, I had gotten super triggered, and I got in my car, and I drove to a field. Mm-hmm. And I literally let God have it. Mm-hmm. One of the healthiest things I think I ever did for myself. Probably like the first time you actually were probably super just super straight up on- honest. Straight up honest. Mm-hmm. Straight up authentic with what was actually going on in my soul. Yeah. And and so and that was like a really big so a it was a big unearthing of all of this crap, all this stagnation that I had, all this disease, all of mm-hmm. this hurt that I had been holding in my body. That was the first time it came out, and it was such a cathartic experience. Even though at the end of it, I was still pissed, and I told God and Jesus they weren't welcome in my space. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, I went to work because it was like, all right, well, I'm the only common denominator in my whole life of what I have experienced so far. But you guys, that's a huge thing. Do you see that? Everything that you experienced, you're the only common denominator. I was the common denominator. So it was like, cool. Well, I haven't liked what I've experienced so far. Time to like be the change of the common denominator. Yep. And so I went to work with me. Mm-hmm. And that came. That was cleaning out. That was a healing journey. Mm-hmm. That was lots of projection work. That was lots of shadow work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to tap into who I, the truth of who I actually really am. And it's that spark of light. It's that spark of consciousness. It's that like the essence of me like at my core that has always been beautiful, that has always been bright, that has never been wounded, right? And she she's bright, shining, alive, and totally okay. Yeah. And the more and more I got connected to her, like mm-hmm. that version of me, the one, the more and more I felt um, empowered. I felt more courageous. I felt um, capable, mm-hmm. right? I started shifting out of the victim position. Mm-hmm. and more standing in my power. Yeah. And, you know, here's a year and a half where, and I also, I get to give credit to my husband. My husband is still a practicing member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He grew up in that religion, was, you know, um, raised by people that, you know, taught him to, hey, question. Qu- find out for yourself. Don't just follow the checklist, right? So he had like a completely, we giggle. It's like he had a completely different relationship with religion than what I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how in the world were we raised in the same yeah. space, right? But my husband held really good space for me mm-hmm. of he knew God didn't need to be defended and he knew Jesus didn't need to be defended. And so he was a safe place for me to express. So that is one of the things that I would also say, if you are in the middle of a faith, faith transition, expansion, crisis, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, 
find someone that can hold clean space that can just let you have like the space to do the healing that you get to do without them needing to project their need to fix you fix or you change it or change the way that you're you know viewing your life to be at that time and I had several different people Michelle was one of them Jeff was one of them like I had some really good people um and so I started to heal yeah and then there was this moment where I'm in a hypnotherapy session with Michelle. This is a year and a half in. I'm still mad at God. I'm still mad at Jesus. There was a heavenly mother that I felt safe to connect to, mm-hmm. right? And so she kind of walked with me through this journey a bit. And I'm sitting there in a hypnotherapy session with Michelle. And I am dropped in. And we're wrapping up. We're kind of towards the end. I'm in, my, I'm in my field with all of my people. And we're like celebrating and having a good time. And then I look off to the side, right? And this is like in my mind's eye, Right? Look off to the side and on the peripheral of my space, right? Because in that space, I, nobody can come in without my permission. Like it is my safe, sacred space. Mm-hmm. Just beyond that, I saw a being standing there and I was instantly pissed <laughs> because I recognized who it was and it was Jesus standing there. And I was like, I told you, you're not welcome in my space. And then I realized, holy crap, he's not in my space. Yeah. He had just been standing there honoring my request while still loving me. Mm-hmm. And the best way that he loved me in that moment was to stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. And that hit me so hard of like, oh my gosh, that's the first time I have experienced a deity type being actually honoring what I asked for. And that was such a huge healing experience for me. You guys, that healing experience didn't happen in a church. Didn't happen in a temple. It didn't, it, it, like, it didn't happen in these, a synagogue. These places where we sometimes think that that's where the healing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, it happened in a recliner, in a hypnotherapy session, with somebody who could hold clean space for me to really do my own healing. Yeah. And so know that healing can happen a lot of different ways and the ways that I connected to God most of the time didn't happen in a religious setting. Mm-hmm. And so that would, I guess the other thing would be like, give yourself permission to start to connect in ways that might not look like your typical ordinary yeah. path. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like in those moments when you're allowing yourself to be able to find out how you get to connect, it'll show up in all the most amazing ways. You guys, some mm-hmm. of my most spiritual experiences could be driving down the car I'm having a conversation with my God, you know, and all of a sudden something drops in and, you know, I get the download of some information or it can be in a healing session or it can just be doing regular things. There's so many ways to connect. And I think for me, one of the greatest things that I got out of my faith transition is that I no longer thought that my most greatest spiritual experiences had to happen in a religious setting. Yeah. That they could happen in different ways. And you want to know what, you guys, they can happen every single like I think that was one of the liberating things too and what started making life feel so incredibly magical and that every day was a miracle is because I got to where every single day there was something there was an experience that was happening that was in some regards sacred that what like like Michelle said driving driving in the car um washing dishes you guys one of my most life-changing experiences happened over a tub of dishes Mm -hmm. and and so it is it's like you start instead of god source 
Instead of you needing to go somewhere to seek that. And do something and in order do to connect. And do something in order to connect and check off the checklist so that you're worthy to go to that place to then be able to connect. Man, that was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But then to be able to work it back and to have that sacred place be within me. Mm-hmm. And the connection can happen at any time, mm-hmm. in any moment, on the daily. Mm-hmm. That's when life starts shifting and you're completely stepping out of, okay, I'm a victim to this, into I'm a creator with this. I'm creator, a creator with God. I'm a creator with the universe. What do we want to do today? Yeah. Well, and then like exactly kind of like bringing it back to it's like, and that connection is available to you all the time. Mm-hmm. It is innate. Well, mm-hmm. Our belief is that it is an innate, it is natural. You do not have to do anything to make that happen. The only thing that's preventing it is everything that you are not. Yep. And when you start to release the fact that it's like the idea that you aren't worthy, when that starts to go, that you have to do something to earn that connection, when that starts to go, when you start to release some of all those things that isn't who you are, when you can sift through and you can let go of that, you guys, connection to God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it, it is there. It is natural. It is the way that you were designed to be, that you can have that feeling and that connection at every single moment. The only thing that is stopping it is just everything that was put on top of it. Mm-hmm. And there is um, Richard Rohr. He has some amazing books. Um because my parents are absolutely very much still in the church. And I know, mine like, too. I love it. And it's so good because that's another thing, guys. We'll talk about family Oh, yeah, we're going to do relationships next. Yes, and, and stuff. It's like, um, but my parents have always been seekers. And that was one thing that I loved there. I was like, no, seek the truth. And even when I was very lucky when I started to leave that they were like, hey, you know what? We had to find out what we wanted. and This is where we want to be. You go find out. Anyways, but they're always giving me things to look at. And Richard Rohr, he would talk about... And dad, I really hope that I got the name right and this was the right book. <laughs> so if not, you guys, I apologize. But Richard Ward, he wrote a book and he talked about how like the, sometimes the very first half of your life is kind of putting your, creating this box. Oh, this is how life is. It's kind of like all the things that maybe you are not. You've gone mm-hmm. to have an experience mm-hmm. of life of the way that you are not. And then the second half is getting outside of that box, getting outside and experiencing who you actually are. <gasps> yeah. And it's like, so it's okay if you spent most of your life, regardless of what age you are, if it's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 60, 70, it doesn't matter. But there is kind of like when you have like being born again or having a new experience, it's like, oh, I've had a whole life of one way of doing things up to this experience. You guys, knowing what doesn't work is just as valuable as knowing what does work. You look at inventors, Edison, like, you know, I'm saying like, Benjamin Franklin, all these people, they do these experiments to figure out how many times of things that do not work, but it's not like, oh my gosh, this was failure. It's like, oh, I just found another way that's not going to work. So if you've had a lifetime up to this moment of realizing, you know what, I've done it this way and I'm to a point where I realize that doesn't work for me, hands in the air celebration because now it's almost getting, it gets to be like, okay, that is a piece of the old life and I get to now realize that doesn't work mm-hmm. so you can kind of start letting go of the grips of having to hold on to some of the old ways of being yeah. the old ways of thinking yeah and yes it is kind of messy but when you're able to realize okay I'm going to start looking for what is going to work what's the new way that I get to do it it is uh, I'm straight up honest it can be scary it can be oh. like what is this and it's messy and you don't really know what's grounding you down, but it also opens up the door and the way to start a new life of experiencing who you truly are. And even if you're not feeling it right now, you guys, I want you to know that 
at the essence of who you are. You are absolutely magnificent. You are the thing inside of you that makes life amazing, that brings that spark of life, that beauty, that grace, that power. And I know that every single person has the ability and the possibility to be able to experience themselves as that. And if faith transition is the thing that's helping you to be able to find yourself, I honor you, I salute you, and I'm excited for you because life gets so amazing on that side. Because really, if you're wanting to connect to God and to source, that connection is already there. It's just getting rid of everything that you're not. And even though it might feel scary, it is it is one of the greatest journeys I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Amanda feels like the same way. Yep. And even if it's hard, keep going. Yeah, So so here's the deal. I am, like, I would never trade. Oh, never. I would never trade the journey that I went, got to, like, experience and go through to get in this place. Mm-hmm. Also, I wouldn't ever want to do it again. <laughs> so true. Okay, so, so, so true. if you're in the thick of it, again, like, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and if you're in the thick of it, I am celebrating the crap out of you. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. cleaning the crap out. Yes. Everything that you are not, mm-hmm. it's just crap and it's just clearing. So go, go you, mm-hmm. <laughs> go you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had this thought just to say, you guys, if there's a fear that you think of, like, well, if I get rid of all this stuff, what if I go down and find out that I'm really not that great? What if I go down and find out that I'm not that amazing and I'm afraid to actually have confirmation that I suck? You guys, oh, I yeah. remember thinking that. <laughs> I remember having those thoughts and those feelings and... Because it's almost impossible. That's also a layer of what yeah. you get to go through. That mm-hmm. That is a layer of the clearing. So if you're yep. at that layer, yes. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Feel it. Feel it and like let it go. Because what about the possibility that you are that great? Mm-hmm. Marianne Williamson talks about that famous quote that she oh, has. Oh, yeah. That like, like our greatest fear is not that we're not enough or not good. Like we're like... The is, is that we're inadequate. Inadequate. It's that we are that powerful and that bright and that amazing. And you guys, mm-hmm. that is the truth. That yep. is the truth of who you are. And when you hit that level, connection with God is just automatic. It's like breathing. It's, it's instantaneous. Natural. And you can drop in at any moment. Yeah. I think that is the, like, the funnest part of like being connected to myself and being connected to God is that I can drop in in any, any, any given moment. Mm-hmm. And I can ask a question and instantaneously have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And from that point, it's amazing because your path absolutely will look different than other people's, but you are not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. You are connected and you have guidance at any moment, at any point in time. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to wrap up this one. And next, so just as a little prequel, next week's podcast, we are going to be diving into the topic of um, religion, expansion, crisis, faith, whatever, um, and how that plays out within relationship, mm-hmm. both familial relationship, um, romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so join us. Yep. Join us for that one. Okay. See you guys. If you are wanting more information or to see what we are up to, check us out on Facebook or Instagram at the Sophrenic Collective. Have an amazing day.